welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon, everybody. We're a little bit light on, aren't we? (laughs) Why don't you come in and find your seat if you haven't already? If you're outside and you can hear us, please come in and join us. We have a bit of a different service for you today. So as you can see, there's no vocalists standing up here with me because there's no singing today. So it's going to be a very quiet, reflective kind of service. But don't let that stop you from being engaged, really be engaged in the service. It's that kind of a service. Lots of waiting on God and really listening to Him today. So why don't you stand to your feet? Let me find my notes again before I move on. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we stand for church these days, um, Darawal country. So we acknowledge um, elders past, present and emerging um, and anyone who might be here today who is of Aboriginal descent, we welcome you especially. As I said, we're not singing as such, but we are going to be praying. On our screen in a moment is going to be the Nicene Creed. Um, You may know this, you may know this well, you may not know this at all. We're going to do this as a bit of a call and response today. So you'll see the top line in blue, I'll be doing those lines. Black, please join me and say this along together. So let's pray. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him all things were made. For us and for our salvation He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son with the Father and the Son. He is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen, hey? Good to remind ourselves of what we believe and what we stand on as a Christian in the world today. So thanks for participating in that with us. I neglected to welcome our viewers online. I hope you are ready to participate in this service as well. Might feel a bit more comfortable not singing in your own lounge room. We all found that a bit of a challenge when we were in lockdown, didn't we? So participate as you will online. There will come a time later in the service where we will cut the live stream off as we've been doing in recent weeks but um, you'll be able to participate as much up until then. Okay, so as I've said, we have a quite a different kind of service today. So please just sit back, enjoy, get comfortable and participate how you wish. 
Next week, there is no service, as has become our custom this year when there is five Sundays in a month. We're giving one of those Sundays for all of our teams off. So no setup, no pack up, giving everyone a bit of a break and taking the opportunity then to connect as a community, as a church community. So next Sunday will be a church picnic. I don't yet know where. <laughs> None of us know where, but there will be a church picnic somewhere. Keep an eye on your socials, on your emails, all the ways of communication. It will be communicated with us this week. Um, but picnic, BYO, everything. All right. Hopefully we've got some nice sunny weather like we've had today. That will be amazing. Uh, but it will be just nice to hang out and connect together. If you know someone who is normally in church who's not here, reach out and invite them to come along. If you've got someone you want to invite to just come and hang out in church who's not been to church before, invite them along too. Anyone is welcome. Okay? So keep an eye on your socials. Ah, I'm doing a lot of speaking today, aren't I? I don't normally do this much. If we can throw to the giving options on the screen, that would be great. Um, if you're not familiar with that, take a photo. Um, if you've got any questions, come see me afterwards. But thank you to all of those of you who give online regularly. We so appreciate um, you doing that. It makes it really easy to run a church budget when there's regular income coming in. But I wanted to highlight today that we have, we've heard lots in recent weeks about our winter food appeal and how the church has come together and supported members of our wider community and how people have been blessed by that. But I wanted to just highlight that that's going on in our own church as well. I've heard lots of stories in recent weeks about families in our church during winter who have either been doing it tough, had lots of sickness, and people have set up meal rosters, randomly dropped food around. That's the church in action. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look after each other. So I just wanted to say that that's amazing. Keep doing it. If, if you've got that little whisper from God in your head that's saying to go and drop a meal to someone, go do it. It's really, really good. And um, I just, I've, I've heard lots of stories in recent weeks and I just wanted to acknowledge that and say that that's, that's what the church is about and it's good that we're doing that. All right, so keep that up. That's fantastic. Okay, we're going to move on now. Um, Shelley is going to come up and do a reading for us. Bit, bit old school. Um, so please make her feel welcome. And after she is finished, Jimmy will come up and continue the service from there. So thanks, Shelley. Hi, everyone. So I'm reading today um, Psalm 103. It's a Psalm of David. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my disease. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. 
He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers we bloom and die. The winds blow and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to his, the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commands. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am Praise the Lord. Amen. You can take a seat if you're still standing. I'm multitasking at the moment. Thanks, team. Um, Let's give these guys a hand. We threw a little curveball at them this week and asked them to do something a little bit different. Um, We know that they're very good at playing behind people, um, but to play a song that is connected with the readings and the creed and and what this um, service is symbolising and do it without someone actually singing and leading them in that way, uh, I know it can be a bit different, so thanks, guys. Um, You can take a seat. Again, uh, welcome to those here online. My name's James. Um, if you don't know me, I'm one of the leaders here at C3, uh, C3 Camden. Uh, I just want to say um, that I'm honoured and privileged to be able to come up here today and speak uh, to, to lead us in the service today um, on behalf of um, our pastors, uh, Rowan and Jill, um, and Pastor Edwina. Uh, I do not take this privilege lightly to be able to stand up in front of people. And I think I say this almost every single time I come up here, but... Uh, it's good to, one, to remind myself, but then also to show the respect to, to our leaders, but also to you as a congregation, that you now have to listen to me talk for a little bit, um, and I acknowledge that um, that I need to show uh, honour and respect to you guys and to, to do my best to, uh, to make sure that what I'm saying, one, makes sense, um, but then also is uh, in tune with what God is sharing through uh, each of us individually as a church, what, the, what God's saying. Uh, so, and I know that that is not uh, something to be taken lightly. So I just want to acknowledge that. Um, as Kim said, uh, it is a little bit different today. Uh, we will be taking communion. You might have saw the table down the front. Um, and this is just going to be a service where it's an opportunity for us to, uh, to reflect, an opportunity for us to, to sit uh, and to listen to, and to speak out 
what it is we believe we've Kim um, led us in the in the Nicene Creed there uh, and we are able to to speak out what it is that we believe as a Christian that is the that creed was put together that that's one of the only creeds that um, across the church across the big C church everyone um, that you will believe uh, and and agree with what is said in that creed and it's just something to know that we can all stand here in a room and say something which is very very foreign sometimes at the moment uh, we can actually all stand up and say something and all agree um, with what is being said there because that is what it is to be a Christian is to believe those things and also uh, thank you Shelley who's uh, normally up here singing but also came up and, and read beautifully that um, Psalm 103 and I just want to say thank you uh, for those uh, for that and for those who have been involved in this and getting the service off, off the ground today um, as I said we normally have someone singing uh, we normally uh, get a little bit more uh, maybe a little bit more rowdy, people raising hands, people clapping, singing. But that isn't necessarily everyone's go-to. I like, I, I love that. I'll raise my hands, I'll sing very loudly. Um, I'll try and clap very loudly if people are clapping out of time um, because I know that when you're on stage and if you hear someone clapping out of time, it can sometimes throw you off, so I try and help the band by trying to get people back in time. Um, that's what hap- you grow up in a smaller church and that's what happens is that you have to make sure you're the, the dominant clapper. Um, so, but with this week, we acknowledge that that is not all of what worship is and I think that sometimes because we call it worship music, uh, we come to the church and we have a worship service uh, and music and singing in particular is always involved. There's not, and there's nothing wrong with that but for everyone, that's not maybe the main way or that's not a, a large way in which they connect. Uh, you might see when you look around sometimes and you're getting into worship and then you look around just to see if everyone else is in, looking around and you turn around and you see someone like this. And it's not because they're not getting into it and it's not because they're not like enjoying being a part of the church or they're not enjoying what's going on stage, but being open and loud and boisterous in their worship during song, that might not be their thing. Uh, And sometimes we don't acknowledge that enough for people. And so today we're going to have that opportunity where this is for those people. And I think it's important for all of us to have this discipline, to have this this skill to be able to sit and listen and reflect and wait upon the Lord. Uh, The... The passage that we'll look at today was chosen for a particular reason for this service is because the it's between the Jesus and the paralyzed man. And the paralyzed man actually doesn't say anything. There's no recorded words uh, in the actual scripture. And so that's where I want us to be at today. Now I've gone way off my... So whether we're here today in the room or online, um, this is an opportunity for us to, to sit and reflect, to be able to receive from the Holy Spirit um, and not to be putting us, putting us in a conversation with God. Uh, sometimes that we want to be the dominant voice, we want to talk out, but this passage shows that 
we don't have to do that. We don't have to call out. We don't have to be petitioning and asking is that we don't have to say anything and God can still be there. God can still talk to us. God can still do things in our life. And this is an opportunity for those today who that might be uh, their mode of operating is to, to wait upon the Lord and not to go out and seek him, that this is an opportunity to, for us to all um, do that today. So before I go into the passage, um, there are th- the three sections that I'm going to be looking at, and well, it's really two, but it's three because it's three actions, but we're going to look in two parts. Uh, the first one is where he's lowered before Jesus. The second is Jesus first forgave his sins, the paralyzed man's sins, and then Jesus healed him. So that's the three interactions that we're going to be looking at today. Uh, So we're just going to um, pop up on the screen uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26, uh, and then I'll just read through that quickly after I have a drink of water. Uh, And then we're just going to sort of um, break it down a little bit. Now, I'm already sort of going off my notes, so I apologise. I think God's already sort of provoking us a little bit uh, in what's going to be happening in the service, and and I'm just trying to be responsive to that. So if I do go off my notes and start rambling, I do apologise. Hopefully I'll land somewhere. So So, starting from verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up um, from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately everyone watched the man jump up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Before we duck in uh, to this passage, uh, let's just pray. Jesus, we pray uh, that you speak to us. We put ourselves in the story. We put ourselves at your feet. Not trying to look for a certain outcome, but we wait for you to show us what it is you're wanting to do in and through us. As we go through this passage and share in communion, I pray that you speak to us through each of the different elements, and we will be listening and waiting patiently for what it is you are going to share with us today. Amen. 
So interaction number one, and that's with the paralyzed man is being lowered before Jesus. Isn't it true that just sometimes we just need someone to carry us before God? We just need someone just to take us there. We could be struggling, overwhelmed with what's going on, particularly the last couple of years. Uh, It's been trying for a lot of us on top of everything else that normally goes on in life. Uh, We feel as though that we're in a space where we can't even approach Jesus. We just need someone to be able to carry us there. And for, for us, that's the point of being part of the church community, being part of the church, having people around you which you consider family, Uh, even though you're not directly related. You need someone that will, on your behalf, just show the faith to go, come with me. We uh, We need to do something. And it is such, um, such an amazing thing that we can help each other and others outside our church experience God just by being there just by seeing something in someone and, been, and asking them, hey, can we have a chat? Do you want to go grab a coffee? Do you want to come along to this event we're doing? We're having a picnic next week. Do you want to come along just to uh, hang out and meet some cool people? Um, and I think sometimes that can be underestimated, the power of just people stepping up and, and, and helping you, maybe even forcing you uh, to come to Jesus. And it's something that we should always try and emulate. And I'm going to quickly jump into the next two uh, because it all sort of ties in together. Um, it's the reason why, obviously, it's in the one passage, but it's good to pull things apart, but I just want to be very conscious today that all of them are there together for a reason and at the re- there's the three main elements in there. And for Jesus, the forgiveness of sins and then healing uh, the paralyzed man, that was always his plan. Jesus never wants to like, do things by halves. So Jesus could have just healed the man he would have popped up. He might have asked Jesus some questions. We've heard that before where they've healed and then they've gone, oh, who are you? Uh, he probably knew or heard about Jesus. Uh, he'd already done a few miracles and gone town to town. Obviously, the Pharisees and the teachers knew who they were and were sending people from every town, uh, including Jerusalem, to go and see Jesus, more so to trip him up and to try and catch him out than anything else. And he might have even gone away praising God. But it would have only been a partial salvation, a partial uh, need that he had filled there. We know for Jesus that his ministry is teaching focused. Teaching is the main thing. He wants to teach people, wants to share stories and actions for people so that they can go and then they can repent and they can follow him. They can really understand what the gospel is. If, if Jesus' focus wasn't on teaching then, and on the miracles and the healings, as great as they are, uh, it wouldn't have been anywhere near full. 
it would not have been a we would not be able to receive a full salvation if all we know is miracles and and healings because we don't really get to know the true god the heart of god we don't get to experience what it is that he teaches us through stories and connecting with us healings were never as well an isolated or meaningless action he just didn't go and do it because he could if he wanted to he could just go and do it but everything had a reason each plays its part in that individual story in that person's life and in the context of that situation but then also plays a larger role in jesus ministry and it is there to complement his teachings the miracles are never the focus and jesus lesson for those that were in attendance to that in that day was probably it was so much more than they probably imagined they were they were there to hear a wise teacher they were there to to, to learn and to, and to learn off someone who reputation was just growing and growing by the day and instead of simply seeing a healing in that day um, in response to his faith and the faith of those men there jesus pronounces the forgiveness of his sins thereby demonstrating that the full salvation we receive and he received on that day both spiritual and physical depend upon the faith in the ability that jesus will act with authority and the grace of god There's no point in us just coming before God going or coming to Jesus and saying, I know you can do stuff, just can you forgive my sins? I want to go to heaven really bad Um, and I've got this issue, can you heal it for me? He could do that, but we're not going to understand and receive and fully comprehend what it is that Jesus has for us. We're not going to, we don't, where's that faith that what Jesus is saying and doing is just so amazing that this, this man, son of God, is here in front of, of you and he is teaching and just knowledge that no one else at that time was teaching and being able to interpret scripture and pinpointing where this connects to this, to this and opening minds and hearts and annoying some people at the same time but really just exposing what it is that god's heart was and if we don't have this faith that jesus has the ability to do that that jesus teaching was just off the charts that was so amazing that god was there there and a part of that then we're not really going to fully receive what it is that he has for us jesus wants us to receive full forgiveness and salvation in its fullness all too often us and i'm speaking on behalf of myself as well we want a partial salvation or partial forgiveness whether it's because it's easier quicker less painful uh, maybe even removes the pain immediately uh, rather than something that we have to work through but the outcome is detrimental to us in the long term And I think for, for like, I, I know that. Like, I've experienced that where 
I've tried to take shortcuts and I've tried to do things to just get it over and done with quickly uh, that it may have worked at the time, but in the long run, you've had to go back and change or do things completely differently and redo things where it might have saved you that little bit of time or it might have saved you that little bit of pain to begin with, that hard conversation, but then you had to come back and it's made it twice as hard, twice as long. Now, some of us here today can resonate with that first encounter, the need to be carried to Jesus. Uh, the band can come back up uh, now. We are needing to be carried. It could be that we don't want to encounter Jesus. Uh, we're holding on to hurts, anger, fear, doubts. It could be that we just physically can't get there ourselves. We are just overwhelmed, just struggling, just even, maybe even just don't know what the next step is and we're just waiting on something to happen um, because we just don't know what to do. But I just, my prayer for us is that we are not too proud to allow someone to bring, you, bring us to Jesus. Because as we saw in this story, that their faith can be a catalyst for the work um, of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. Sometimes we just need others. For some of us, we need forgiveness. We may have been away from Jesus for a while and we might have just come back to him. We may have been working through that hurt the anger, the fear, the doubt. And now we're coming to a point of just being realising what it is that's been working in our lives and we want to um, make that right before God. And for others, we just need healing, whether it's spiritual, physical, and we just want to come before Jesus and, and ask for that. Now we're going to have an opportunity. So this is where normally we do some sort of response and we'd get people an opportunity to, to pray or to raise hands, come forward. But we've got this amazing table in front of us, uh, the communion table. And the significance of that uh, plays so well into today. Now we're going to have a video in a moment from Pastor Rowan. Uh, and he's going to talk leading into our communion. Uh, and then I'm going to come back up and just let us know how we're going to proceed from that. We're going to have an opportunity for, for us to sit uh, and to, to reflect and to pray and to even come forward and then take communion. We can even stand side of sage and to kneel or come forward as a family uh, and take communion together. And then if you, if you want prayer, like I'll, I'll be up the front. There'll be, there are other leaders around. Uh, you can even just grab something you're comfortable with, a friend, anyone, and, and ask for prayer. Um, or if you feel prompted to 
go and pray for someone. You may be the person that needs to drag them before Jesus. Go and do that. I encourage you. So I'm going to pass, or I almost said it again. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Rowan uh, and in the video there, and then I'll be back up shortly. Church, well, I hope you're having a good afternoon so far. Different kind of service, no doubt, uh, with the absence of being able to have enough worship leaders. We thought we'd mix it up a bit and uh, saw the Lord and discussed it as a bit of a team and thought we'd try some, some scripture reading and some liturgy and some sharing and some background music and all that stuff that you're experiencing this afternoon. And uh, right now we're going to get ready to receive communion as well. Jill and I, as you watch this, we are headed to C3 Church Bowral. It's their 20th uh, celebration, 20th year anniversary celebration tonight. And uh, as part of our role as C3 South Sydney Area Directors, we've been invited along to that, which is great. But uh, we're sending our love to you, and I know that you're in great hands with the team that are there. And uh, actually, last week in the service, at the end of the service, I was really feeling a strong prompting to partake of communion. And I thought I said to said to Jimmy and uh, also to Steph afterwards, uh, who had been chatting with about the service. I said, "Hey, let's do communion next week. Let's try something different." So even though I'm not there with you, I really felt to lead communion. And uh, so what we're going to do is a bit different. I'm going to share some thoughts around communion, and then uh, the team are going to lead you in coming forward and partaking in communion. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But uh, I wanted to just kind of give you a bit of background. One of the thoughts I one of the I've been researching and studying in much more recent times is uh, the concept of communion. A bit like uh, you, some of you may remember, I talked about fasting a while back, and I always said I felt like there was something that I hadn't fully grasped. I've been fasting all my life, but there's something that I hadn't fully grasped. And Pastor Edwina had asked me to share on fasting, and that kind of forced me to do a bit more research and, and seek a revelation. Well, in the same way, I've had this sense for the last uh, few years that there's there's an aspect of the communion meal, the Lord's Supper, that that uh, I haven't fully grasped myself. I've known that there was more transcendence, there was more to it than uh, probably what I was experiencing. And uh, and so Pastor Ivana at Picton has asked me to share as part of the current series they're doing out there on communion uh, on the Lord's Supper in October. And so I thought, right, this is the time I need to really start to seek the Lord and get into some research and do some study on communion because I've had this sense that there's something we're missing. So today is like a, an early stage entry into that. I'm really passionate about uh, really uh, explaining and, and uh, us experiencing the full value of the communion meal in the days ahead. Really passionate about reinstituting communion as a much more frequent, regular um, part of our services as well. And so what we've done today is we've left communion to the end of the service to give us a chance to encounter Jesus. And so I want to share a few thoughts, by no means any depth like I'll be preaching at Picton in a few weeks' time, but just a few thoughts around communion as I have studied. I've been studying the history of Holy Communion throughout church history from the earliest times in the Bible and all the way through to the modern day and looking at how different churches have um, have absorbed it and what the teaching was and what the belief was about it. And I tell you, I was right, there's definitely something we've been missing. And so my prayer today is that in the next few minutes, you're going to encounter something of Jesus. Uh, something that you you need some area of your life today. I believe in your life, God. I believe that as you partake of the, the bread and the juice in a few moments' time, that you're going to experience communion. You're going to experience that presence of God come. So I want to read, first of all, I'll read a well-known passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 talks about communion. He says from verse 23, he says, I want to pass on to you 
that which I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to God and broke it. And he broke it in pieces and said, This, my body, is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the key bit I want to pick up for them today. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Some of you may have heard that passage. You are eating and announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. That's the bell I want us to focus on just for the next few moments as we talk about communion. What does it mean to eat something that announces God's death until he comes again? Can you see the future tense and past tense blended together there? We're, we're announcing something that has happened until something does happen. We're announcing the death of Christ that has already happened until he comes again. There's this past tense, future tense that come together in this moment, in this celebration of communion. And that comes, no doubt, from Paul's understanding of the very meal that the Last Supper was based upon, which was the Jewish Passover. And if you ever do some history into the Jewish Passover, what would happen is every year they would get together uh, throughout history and they would celebrate this event that commemorated the delivery of the Israelites from Egypt, from their slavery. And uh, the, the leader, the patriarch of the house, would tell the story of the uh, delivery of the Israelites. But it was done in such a way that uh, every Jew sitting at that table, wherever they were in the world, having that Passover meal at whatever time in history it was, they saw themselves as inextricably linked to every other Jew throughout all of history. And in fact, they saw themselves as linked to that very moment. It was as though they were sitting in the original houses in Egypt on the very first Passover night. There was this link back to that moment. They identified themselves as one people experiencing that as if it was happening in real time. And I think that's what Paul's getting at when he says, when we eat and drink, we are doing something that transcends space and time. We are partaking of the original meal. It's as if we are celebrating together and commemorating together with every Christian throughout all of the last 2,000 years who has partaken of this meal. And it's as if we are sitting right there at the Last Supper with Jesus' disciples. So you can, you can see and imagine yourself as you partake of being there with Jesus' disciples, hearing his words, hearing him commended, hearing him offering this bread to you and saying, this represents my body, which is broken for you. This represents my blood, which is given for you. So there's this announcing of the Lord's, uh, the Lord's death. It's as if we are standing at the foot of the cross. Time and space are gone and the power of Jesus' death on the cross is, and his, his body being given up and his blood being shed uh, races through time right up to this very moment today and meets you where you're at. All that Jesus uh, accomplished on the cross comes racing through history at light speed and meets us in this moment. So the past, we are living the past as we partake of this communion. All that you need that was won on the cross is available to you in this meal, this, this bread and this juice that you're about to partake this afternoon. And then moving forward, Paul says we announce the Lord's death past until he comes again future. 
There's also this sense in the Jewish Passover that as well as what God had done, God would continue to do things. So as they would take the Passover, especially when they were in exile, they would have this saying that next year in Jerusalem, they would have this sense that there was still a future victory that was lying, waiting for them. And when they partook of the Passover meal, they were celebrating, they were living, they were announcing the previous victory over the Egyptians, but they were also looking forward to a day of future deliverance that was yet to come. And it was as though they were drawing from the future into the now. And Paul says, when we do it, we are announcing the past into the future. You and I are actually drawing from that future hope, that hope that one day, friends, God will wipe away every tear. One day he will put right every wrong. One day he will bring justice against every justice. One day every disease will be healed. One day every tear will be wiped away. That is the hope that we have. And when we partake of this moment, we are living the now and not yet. We are living in this moment where the the future kingdom is drawn into the present. Man, that excites me so much because now I get this sense, and there's so much more I can share, I'm not going to. But as you partake of these little emblems today, just this bread and this grape juice, which represents the body and blood of Christ, I want you to be thinking about that as you come forward to receive it. You are partaking of everything you need. This is representative of Christ's body. You are partaking of his presence, of his life. One more thing I wanted to share with you. I know I didn't have any more notes, but it just came to me. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout uh, throughout the t- representative meals of the Old Testament, there was always a link back in the Jewish mindset to the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Life. And this is news to me. I've never really thought about it like this. But uh, there was open access. The Garden of Eden speaks about Adam and Eve having open access to the Tree of Life, to partake of and eat of the fruit of the Tree of Life. That was an eating experience. They were supposed to be able to eat of the divine life source. Of course, through sin, they were separated from it. And every time they partook in holy meals and holy festivals and holy feasts, there was this sense in which their meal was partaking of that tree of life. And Jesus himself, of course, said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if you read in John 8, I think it is, he talks very openly about this. And he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And he's talking figuratively there, but he's talking about the fact that when we partake of this meal, when we partake of this holy communion, we are actually eating from the tree of life. You are being renewed by the life source of the divine creator, when you take this meal. This is not something to be done flippantly. This is not something to be done half-heartedly. This is something to be done with a degree of respect and gratitude. It says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians there, to, to do it with gratitude and thanksgiving, to do it with awe and respect. And as you do, friends, I'm praying today you're going to experience something of the divine life you need. Whatever it is you need will be drawn into your, your spirit and your soul and your body as you partake of communion. So what our team are going to do is lead you in this, but uh, we're going to get you to come forward. And if there's anyone who is unable to come forward, please raise your hand and one of our team can bring a cup to you. We want to do it a bit differently and just create that moment of holiness. So I'd encourage you, the the band will play, just to come forward and the team will serve you communion. Now, I don't want you to go back to your seat. This might take a few moments, but it's worth it. I want you to uh, make yourself available to wait on the Lord. And so as you take communion, you might like to just take it and step over to the side along the front somewhere and just take 30 seconds or so and uh, experience this forgiveness, experience this life. 
and ask the Lord to fill you with his divine life. And then when you're ready, uh, take the communion, take the bread and the wine. I'm going to pray for it in a moment. Take the bread and the grape juice and let it bring life to your soul. Let it bring health to your being. Let it refresh you in this moment. And then when you're ready, you can head back to your seat. So uh, you might need to wait in the aisle as people come forward. But if it takes a few minutes, hey, it's worth it. Let's experience the life of Christ. And I think Jimmy will have either have a, had an opportunity to pray with you beforehand uh, over his word or not sure how he's going to do it or whether or not there'll be opportunity to pray at the end. So if you haven't had a chance to pray, there'll be some at the end, I'm sure. And we would love to pray with you. So I just want to pray and then, uh, then you can begin to move on with the service. So Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we have today to partake of communion. Think of you, Jesus, on that night, you took the bread, you broke the bread, you said, this, my body, is given for you. This bread represents your body. We bless these emblems, this bread and this juice. We bless you and thank you for all that it represents. It represents your death, your shedding of blood. It represents your resurrection. It represents the victory. It represents you being the tree of life that we can't partake of. And so, Lord, I pray that as our dear congregation participate in this communion meal now, these emblems, that they will bring life to every soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Looking forward to being with you at our picnic next week. But in the meantime, partake in communion together. Thanks for being with me. God bless. So now is, this, uh, is the chance to respond. Um, so we've got these at the front, so we'll have our team up here to be able to uh, hand you one. Uh, so as I was saying before, uh, you've got this opportunity now to, to sit and reflect, uh, whether it, from any of the elements of today's service. And then when you are ready, come forward um, and grab one of these little things. And then just come to the side. If you're comfortable, come to the side. You can stand, you can kneel, you can do it together with, yeah, with family um, or with friends. Uh, and then when you've had a bit of time, feel free to move back to your seat. Uh, if, you would, if you maybe don't feel comfortable down the front, you can go back and do that at your seat. That is also okay. Um, if you would like some prayer um, and you would like to stay up the front and then maybe even ask for prayer, you can do that also. Or you can do that back in your seats and it just encourage you even after you're back in your seats um, it's not just a waiting game for the service to finish for people to finish doing communion it's an opportunity to sit and reflect uh, just let uh, the spirit wash over you uh, as that is happening so um yeah phil so whenever you're ready
listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church You always will